This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast, recapping the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Eagles fall with another loss. They're now 1-3-1 on the season. Very, very disappointing. But the Eagles are still in it in the NFC East. The Cowboys are in the driver's seat right now with two wins. They're in first place, but unfortunately, they lost Dak Prescott to an injury. And I know the Eagles are rivals, and Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz are always compared to each other, and there's a lot of debate going between who's the better quarterback, but said that all aside, Dak Prescott suffered a very horrendous injury, and don't want to see anybody in the league suffer anything like that. So, you know, praying for Dak, hopefully he'll come back strong, because uh enjoyed watching him so far this season. He was playing very well. But anyways, going on to the Eagles game against the Steelers they lost 38 to 29 if you guys have been listening I mentioned that my score prediction was going to be uh, 33 to 26 in the favor of the Steelers I thought the Steelers were going to win um, this game by a score um, unfortunately they, they won by two scores the Eagles were in it for most of the game then all of a sudden the Steelers pull away at the end and really the play that separated themselves at the end in the fourth quarter Chase Claypool fourth touchdown of the game um he he burns Nate Gary badly on very simple route right to the end zone easy touchdown for the Steelers before I talk about the Steelers I want to mention a little bit about Chase Claypool I mean he had a career day obviously he's a he's a rookie so not really hard to have a career day as a rookie because there's not a lot of stats to account for it but man he outperformed a lot of people in the league um so far this entire season, he had seven receptions, 110 yards, and four total touchdowns. Um, he had also six yards rushing. One of those touchdowns were from a rushing attempt. So, you know, he was hard to defend for the Eagles. And what troubles me is most of the time in the NFL, when you see a player that is, you know, obviously dominant, he's scoring one or two touchdowns in the first half, normally normally emphasis on that an opposing defensive coordinator and defense will find a solution to contain them and they're basically a non-factor for the rest of the game however the eagles idea to contain chase claypool was putting nate gary the most incompetent linebacker on the eagles defense on chase claypool critical game critical uh play in the game eagles could have got the ball back started to make a run at winning this game. Nope. Nate Gary is on him. Didn't even stand a chance. I mean, he didn't put any effort into that coverage. Looked like he was trying to play a zone when, you know, he clearly had responsibility on Chase Claypool. Burned him, almost fell to the ground, and it, it was just disappointing to see how badly he failed at that coverage on Chase Claypool. But anyways, the Eagles lost. Um, their defense definitely failed them in this game. You know, they, they played decent on offense. They put up 29 points, which is no easy task because the Steelers have one of the greatest offenses in the league. 
or greatest defenses in the league. Carson Wentz looks like he's improving slightly on the season. Um, he he was a bit inaccurate to start the game, but as time went on, he played really well. He ended up with 258 passing yards, two touchdowns, unfortunately two interceptions, but I don't think either of them are his fault. He had one of the highest quarterback ratings in the entire league in week four, or week five, I'm sorry, with an 81.7. Jalen Hurts also got into the game as quarterback, and this time he was throwing the ball. He wasn't just running it or handing it off. He completed an 18-yard reception to Richard Rodgers. Um, awesome to see Jalen Hurts get some reps at throwing the ball. That's something I mentioned. Um, a uh, Steelers page called Steelers Takeaway called me and did, did an interview with me the weekend before the game. And my one take on what to watch for, he said, what should the Steelers look out for when they're playing the Eagles? And I said, look out for Jalen Hurts getting more involved because – Hertz is, uh, you know, toying with it. He's toying with some defenses right now. He's running the ball, running some read options, just handing it off. But he's a threat throwing the ball. He's not just Taysom Hill, who isn't really a threat throwing the ball. Jalen Hurts was a really good quarterback at Oklahoma. So watch out for that in the future. He delivered a great ball to Richard Rodgers. But before we get too far into this podcast, I want to tell you guys that we are going to bring on a guest speaker, Bryce Zielinski, co-host of Made for Philly podcast. Had a conversation with him about the Steelers game and about the season going forward. Um, we talk a little bit about draft prospects, the game against the Ravens. We talk about if the Eagles are a playoff team right now. So really good content coming forward to you guys uh, later in this podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that with Bryce. One more update I want to give you guys is Birds Banter Film Room is officially up and running. I told you guys last week I had an announcement for you. So stay tuned to social media posts. There was going to be a post on Instagram and Twitter. Well, the posts are up. The announcement was made. And now the first ever Birds Banter Film Room is available on Instagram and YouTube. We've also posted the link on Twitter. So you can go check it out there. But I honestly think this is um, a great next step in the, the Birds Banter podcast because a lot of fans, they watch the game. They listen to talk hosts, talk shows after or a podcast like this, and they gather their own opinions. But one thing I wanted to do was to show listeners and Eagles fans a little bit more about the game of football. So what I'm doing with Birds Banter Film Room is I'm bringing on guest speakers. They're going to be coaches, players, scouts, agents, anybody with football knowledge and knows how to break down film, has experience with it. I'm bringing them on, and we're going to talk about Eagles film. We're going to get down to the nitty-gritty details. Uh, the one I did this past week, a couple days ago, it was posted. It was a uh, defensive coach from Virginia, coached in high school, but he has over 20 years of experience, really knows what he's talking about. He had a great personality. If you guys haven't checked it out so far, make sure you check it out on Instagram or YouTube. I had a lot of fun. We talked about the game against the San Francisco 49ers, pulled four plays um, from that on the Eagles defense. Two were good, two were bad. And uh, we really got into in-depth with what we saw out of the Eagles defense. So I think this is a great opportunity for fans to learn, but also just get more Eagles content, absorb it all, and uh, really enjoy what we have to say. So make sure you check that out, Birds Banter Film Room, because this is going to be great. Coming up next, I have a player, I have an agent, and some other guests in the works that really excited to share with you guys. And um, we're going to keep progressing with this, so make sure you check it out on Instagram or YouTube.
Now, before we bring on Bryce, I want to talk a bit about Travis Fulgham. Man, Travis Fulgham really came out of nowhere. He was with the Eagles in training camp. He had a good training camp. Um, I had my eyes on him. Couldn't watch training camp a whole lot. There were live streams, so I saw him a bit, but really was just trusting words of beat reporters and um, insiders for the Eagles. And there was a lot of good things to say about um, Travis Fulgham, but unfortunately, he was just a part of of a very, very deep wide receiver group at the time. I know there's been some injuries, so it's very depleted right now, but going into the season, Alshon Jeffrey was not expected to miss this much time. Deshaun Jackson was fully healthy. He claimed that he felt like putting a new Lamborg- or a new engine in a Lamborghini. Well, that really hasn't worked out too well for you, huh, D-Jax? Um, can't really complain too much. Deshaun Jackson, a couple weeks ago, ret- returned my signed items. I don't know if you guys saw... Before the season, he posted something that said um, he wants to do something for the fans, and if you send anything to him at the NovaCare, um, it, it ended now, so don't send your items. You might not get them back. Um, but he, I sent a jersey and a plaque to him. He signed it, returned it. It was awesome. So um, can't really bash on Deshaun too much. I hope he gets back to the field soon and can make a difference for the Eagles. But anyways, they relied on rookie wide receiver Jalen Rager and John Hightower, Rager is hurt now. So at the point, Fulgham didn't really have a role in this offense. And then now all of a sudden, he's the top option. And man, 12 targets, 10 receptions, 152 receiving yards, and one touchdown. He had a day. Travis Fulgham has shown that Carson Wentz and him have a great connection, and he could be a future wide receiver for the Eagles. On defense, I know the Eagles linebackers have gotten a lot of hate so far this season, but Duke Riley led the team in tackles. He had 13 total tackles, seven were solo, and one tackle for loss. So Duke Riley kind of um, showed some improvement there at the linebacker position. Somebody that was viewed as just a special teams piece in Atlanta. And then the Eagles trade him, trade for him, and he's been a pretty good player here in Philly. So hopefully Duke Riley can progress and be the lead guy out of, the, out of this linebacker group, especially with TJ Edwards injured. Another linebacker I want to mention, Sean Bradley. Former Temple player, drafted in the sixth round, Sean Bradley. He was expected to get some more time, in my opinion, because T.J. Edwards went down. When I watched Sean Bradley at Temple, when I reviewed his tape um, after he was drafted, one thing I noticed, he's a very good run defender. And several months ago, I talked to um, some of his Temple teammates who are still playing, and they, they said great things about Sean Bradley. They say he has very good character, very high energy, but they also said really good in run defense, super fast. Um, he, he's just an all-around good linebacker for the Eagles. I didn't see a whole lot of coverage skills out of Sean Bradley, so it's not like he's going to line up on George Kittle and completely, completely neutralize him from a game. That's not what he's going to be expected to do, but especially in the red zone, Sean Bradley was brought in. He got three tackles all on his own. And uh, one tackle for loss. One was pretty huge in the red zone. Steelers ended up scoring after. But a lot of positives from Sean Bradley. I hope he gets into the game a bit more as the season progresses. I want to take a minute to thank our partners at Thrive Fantasy. NFL props are live on Thrive Fantasy for week six. If you want to enter the code BBP when you sign up, you receive an instant deposit match of up to $50 when you deposit a minimum of $20. Hashtag prop up today 
and make some bets on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an awesome tool. It's an app you guys can download it on App Store or Google Play Store. And um, really, you're betting on fantasy football odds, and it's the top players in the league. You're not betting on Corey Clement scoring a touchdown because what are the chances of that happening? You're betting on Miles Sanders, Travis Fulgham. Um, Funny that we're talking about Travis Fulgham as a top option for the Eagles now, but you're betting on the top players from around the league and betting on their stat lines. So you don't have to do, do research. These are all players that you know and love in the NFL. So get on, on the action at Thrive Fantasy. Download their app and use code BBP for an instant deposit match of up to $50 when you use code BBP. All right, guys, enough of me talking. We're going to bring on our guest, Bryce Zielinski. Bryce and I had a great conversation about the Eagles. Hope you guys enjoy it. We cover... The holes at linebacker and cornerback, we cover Travis Fulgham as a wide receiver, Zach Ertz, and whatever's been going on with him. And then lastly, what can the Eagles do to turn around the season and hopefully compete for a playoff spot? Hope you enjoy. All right, everybody. The Eagles are now 1-3-1 and after a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Today, I have Bryce Linsky on with me, a co-host for the Made for Philly podcast. Bryce, thanks for coming on. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, I graduated from Penn State back in 2017 with a broadcasting journalism major and always tried to get into sports. I work up uh, up in New York, actually, with ESPN up here. So kind of doing dual. I work New York sports and Philadelphia sports. So obviously I get to see both ends of the spectrum. So um, but yeah, it's been a crazy time. So glad uh, glad for you to have me on. Yeah, that's awesome. Doing great things. So um, looking at the Eagles season so far, five weeks in, there's been a lot of struggles, only one win to, um, you know, for the Eagles to hang their hat on so far. A lot of the issues come on the defensive side of the ball so far, especially last game against the Steelers. There's been problems at linebacker and cornerback throughout the season. How do you think the Eagles can try to improve either this season or throughout the draft and free agency to try to bolster the linebacker and cornerback positions? Well, obviously, there needs to be a short-term fix and a long-term fix. Uh, short-term fix is, look, obviously, Nate Gary has struggled mightily. That's that's not a secret. Um, and, and injuries haven't helped in the secondary when it comes to guys like Avante Maddox or, or even letting Rasul Douglas go, which we could talk about at length, I thought was a massive mistake. But um, elephant in the room is that line position and if you listen to me my co-host Jeff on made for Philly we've talked ever since the show was a thing back in 2016 that the Eagles weakness was the linebacker group look they let go of Jordan Hicks a couple years ago they let go of Nigel Bradham a couple years or this past offseason and Connor Grugier Hill this past offseason um, and obviously Assume the growth of Sean Bradley, who was a sixth round pick for a reason and right. a project in Davian Taylor. Um, there just hasn't been much experience there. And clearly Nate Gary hasn't been enough. Look, you, you got to let the young guys play because I don't think there could be any worse production than what you're getting out of Nate Gary. Um, I've liked what I've seen out of Alex Singleton in the minimal time that we have seen him out there. Um, but you're just you're not getting it done with the core that that's been there. And if you heard Jim Schwartz this week, it's been that they you know, they've been hushing that they haven't prioritized the linebacker position. It's been no secret that over the past years they have not prioritized that position this year. They're only putting three point eight million dollars into that position. That's by far the lowest in the NFL. 
Um, so you're hoping the young guys can step up, but obviously they were projects for a reason. You're not expecting them to be immediate starters in the NFL. So obviously something has to be done this year. You're going to hope to see the growth from the young guys. Nate Gary's got to step it up. I think he's solely responsible for giving up that last touchdown, which is inexcusable uh, on both, you know, Nate Gary's part and Jim Schwartz's part for even putting him in that position, but going to the future, to answer your second part of your question, look, there's, there's a guy that, I mean, I'm a little biased. I'll admit it, but I'm a Penn Stater. There's a guy named Micah Parsons out there that would look pretty damn good in midnight green. Absolutely. So um, you mentioned Jim Schwartz and what he's been saying about the linebacker position. I really don't understand why he's saying that, you know, trying to backtrack and say that they do invest in the linebacker position. Cause as you mentioned, they clearly don't um, financially, but also in the past, Howie Roseman has mentioned this in press conferences. They say, hey, you can't spend money on every position on the field. So running back and linebacker are just positions that we really haven't spent that much money um, towards. Before Darius Slay, cornerback could have been in one of those positions as well. So um, I think I, I de definitely agree with you. you got to trust the young guys. You know, when you look at the group, Nate Gary just can't cover. Um, he's had a little bit of success his career, but this year it's been awful. Uh, there's no excuse for it. So when you look at the the group of linebackers who can cover, Davion Taylor really stands out. I know, like you said, he's a project. The Eagles got to find him a role in this defense, but why not give it a shot? He he played a lot of coverage at Colorado at different different positions. So give him a shot. Sean Bradley, great run defender. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. There's not really a free agent market right now for linebackers, so they can't really add someone. Um, maybe trade but i don't think the eagles are trying to trade any extreme capital for a linebacker right now but like you said micah parsons um i was actually going to ask that right, right when i saw you join with the penn state shirt because that's um you know he's not with one of the best linebackers in this draft class right now he's not playing this year with penn state so he's already getting professional training i think that is something that the eagles definitely need to look forward to um going into the draft so do you think linebacker is the number one i know Eagles want to do best player available and don't really want to go in with just one need. But right now, do you think linebacker is the biggest need going into the next season? You would have to imagine. So I, I would hope that this team would realize that that would be the priority, the other priority. And, and we've talked about it. Look, I, I'm, I'm hot you know, on Avante Maddox. I like Jalen Mills more at corner than I do safety. So it, it's really if you're looking at the corner position, who are you putting across Darius Slay, right? Mm -hmm. And Sean Wade, the kid out of Ohio State, is another guy. So if you're looking at the Eagles as a, a top 15 pick, yeah, the Eagles are going to probably prioritize the defensive side of the ball. But if, if they somehow win, and we're going to get into all of this, I'm sure, but if they somehow win the division, you're not a top 15 pick. Right. So that's where it gets tricky, and you could see them going offensive side of the ball. Do they think they have all the answers at wide receiver? I'm not really sure they do at really wide receiver. So when you start to nitpick this roster, the offensive line is hurt now and showing a lot of cracks. There's a lot of holes on this roster, and it's almost one of those things. You mentioned trade deadline. It's more the Eagles should probably consider selling more than really buying. I mean, if there's a lost year to be had, it's, it's certainly 2020. So – the Eagles really have to look at themselves in the mirror, and I'm sure Howie Roseman is because 
I mean, his job's on the line. Let, let's be honest. If there's going to be somebody that's going to be goaded because of this, it, it's going to be Howie. So I, I think he's starting to feel the heat a little bit. Um, the, the holes on this roster are obvious. So it, they really can't go wrong between those three position groups, but it has to be one of them. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned the wide receiver group. It's obviously going to be another need next season. The Eagles knew this. Um, you know, you can't really expect three rookie wide receivers and Jalen Rager, John Hightower, and Quez Watkins to all take over and be the future starting core for the next couple of years. So they go into the season with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, the premier guys, um, haven't really had much of an effect so far because of injuries. But there's one guy, um, everybody's talking about him right now, Travis Fulgham. Is it time to view Travis Fulgham as a future piece at wide receiver? Is he just a two-game wonder with a little bit of success against the Niners and then a lot of success against the uh, Steelers? Or is he going to be the guy going forward? I mean, it's been an impressive breakout for, for a guy that went in the sixth round of an Old Dominion, bounced around a couple practice squads, and He's really broken out against two very good defenses. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that I get it. The Niners are banged up, but still a very good defense, very well coached. And then the Steelers defense may be one of the best, if not the best defense in football. Um, Carson Wentz clearly trusts him. He clearly has built a report with him. Uh, you, you would like to think that it's going to be more than just a little blip on the radar of a couple games breaking out. We're really going to see probably this week with Deshaun Jackson and now Sean Jeffrey back at practice and sounding like they might be ready to go against Baltimore, how much he's still going to be involved. I think it would be a mistake to not involve him, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is a guy that only three receivers have had 10, 150 and one as a stat sheet this year. And that's Julio Jones, Devonte Adams and Travis Holgum. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think this is a guy that, and I compared it to, kind of like the way Victor Cruz broke out with the Giants. Nobody was really talking about him, but he stuck and he produced because he had a good chemistry with Eli Manning. Now, obviously two different types of receivers, but kind of the same idea. If Carson Wentz trusts him, why not use him? Because he's a big body guy, clearly can be trusted in the red zone. And clearly something the Eagles have lacked in the past couple of years is a wide receiver that can go up and get a ball. And he was able to do that at nauseum against the Steelers making big time plays on that third and 17 catch as well mm-hmm. that kept the Eagles in that game. So this is a kid that's making not only a lot of catches, but big time catches too. Yeah. You mentioned trust. I think trust is an understatement for the Steelers game, 12 targets. Um, Wentz is one to kind of spread the ball out a lot. I know he, he loves targeting Ertz in the past and he kind of finds a groove with one of the weapons on offense, but 12 targets for, one weapon is crazy. It's a lot of targets. Um, I, I love to see them build that connection. It really reminded me of last season. Towards the stretch of the season, the Eagles lose a lot of receivers. Alshon Jeffrey goes down at the end. All of a sudden, you have Greg Ward step up, the tight ends. Um, Deontay Burnett has to fill a bigger role. So these wide receivers, some for some reason, Wentz is working better with um, less talented receivers on paper. You know, he's finding gems out of these late round picks, undrafted free agents, whatever they are, he's lining up with them and he's playing really well, better than he was with Jackson, Jeffrey, any top tier wide receiver these past two years. So um, what do you think of this whole situation with Wentz all of a sudden improving, even with the weapons pretty depleted on offense? 
I, I think it shows you that if Carson has that guy outside of Zach Ertz that he can trust, he's going to be a productive quarterback. It, I think what we saw early on in the year, especially when the injuries really hit after week one, was he was pressing and he was trying to make plays when they weren't there because nobody was making a play for him. It, it goes both ways. Obviously, the quarterback's right. going to get the brunt of it. But, I mean, the two if you want to go back to the week one game, the, the two interceptions were both to two rookie wide receivers, to Hightower and to Regor, where they didn't adjust to the ball. Was Could have been a better throw by Wentz? Sure. But, I, I mean, that's kind of one of those things that comes with time. You look at the Hightower drop against the Steelers. I mean, that could have been a huge play for the Eagles. Yeah. So this is one of those things that, as time goes on, as Carson Wentz knows who he can trust moving forward with a bunch of these young guys, I mean, he's had he's had so over 50 wide receivers in his NFL career already that has caught a reception from him, and, and that's absolutely ridiculous. So you look at the top quarterbacks, and they always have that go-to guy that they can trust in clutch situations. Typically, that's been Zach Ertz, but you, tip, you need a wide receiver as well that can do that if you're going to be a successful football team. Fulgham's a guy that I'm really excited about. I think we saw before he got hurt, Jalen Regor is going to be a nice piece of this off. I think when you're looking forward to this wide receiver group, Matt Fulgham kind of in that Alshon Jeffrey role, that Regor is going to be your kind of Deshaun Jackson role, hopefully. And then you have the speedsters and Hightower and Watkins are only going to get better with experience. And then that Greg Ward in the slot, I mean, give him a better role. That's a nice young core. If they continue to build around that, obviously you'd like to see maybe more of a grizzled or in a proven vet that Carson Wentz can go to as well. But that's a great young core to build around if they continue to play like they have been playing. Yeah, absolutely. I really hope Fulgham can continue to develop and hopefully this just wasn't, um, you know, a little two week wonder, like I said, and he can actually continue the success later in the season. One player we, we just mentioned, Zach Ertz. He was always Wentz's security blanket going back to 2016. They had a great connection. Now it's like Ertz is even on the field. Um, Dallas Goddard is hurt. You would think now is the time for Ertz to step up, prove his worth, because he's he's fighting for a new contract right now, but he doesn't look like he wants to be on the field. What do you take of Ertz's performance so far this season? It's been abysmal. He, he looks completely disinterested and he also looks like he does not deserve Kettle or Kelsey money. Yeah. Um, th this is a guy that, look, I'll be forever thankful for what he did, especially that most memorable catch back in the Super Bowl. But if you look at that film tape and the Carson Wentz interception, I, I, if you get bumped off your route from a safety and not continue to follow your route and that turns into a turnover, I mean, that effort's not going to fly in the city of Philadelphia and not many other places either. I mean, go find it elsewhere because we have a nice young stud in Dallas Goddard that I think is going to be a time when it's all said and done. Um, look, you you brought up the point earlier, Howie Roseman, you can't spend the money everywhere. You know, you, you got to kind of allocate. Well, this is proving that Zach Ertz may be traded in the offseason because I think after this year, yeah, he's great friends with Carson Wentz, but clearly he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. Clearly he doesn't want to try for the Philadelphia Eagles organization anymore. So I think this is something that he has to sit down with Doug, Howie, Jeffrey, Lurie, and really get this figured out because um, 
it's either be with us or, or find a new place to play at, at this point because Dallas Goddard's waiting in the wings. That's kind of been predicted for a couple years now that he would take over. And look, the Eagles like to use a lot of two tight end sets. So it goes without saying that I, I think the Eagles would love to have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard together. But the way Zach Ertz wants to be paid, he, he's not living up to what he wants I think the writing's kind of on the wall that his time in Philadelphia is going to be over. Yeah. Going back to the off season, Zach Ertz was always in contract talks with the Eagles. He wanted to wait until George Kittle was signed. So we could see what the market was going to move to all of a sudden Kittle blows it up. I didn't think anybody expected Ertz to match that offer or exceed it because he's just not better than Kittle. He's proven that right now. Um, but the expectation was Ertz was going to probably be, be signed because the Eagles love him. Um, he wants to stay in Philly. And then there's a heated argument with Howie Roseman before, before the season starts. And then he scores a touchdown week one. Everything seems all and well. But the past few weeks, he he's a non-factor. And when you watch um, him on the field and you watch him in, in film, it's not even like he's getting open and Wentz just isn't targeting him. You mentioned the interception against the Steelers. He showed no effort. It, I, I forget it was a linebacker or safety, but whoever chipped him on that route, Zach Ertz, the Zach Ertz we know should be running through that and catching that football. And even when the play or when the ball was intercepted, Ertz didn't even look like he wanted to push the guy down. He's just like, oh, put his hands up in the air, like whatever, and then just tapped him while he was already on the ground. Like it, the effort is not there, and it's it's troubling because. You mentioned the Super Bowl catch. That's what everybody remembers Zach Ertz as right now. Um, great career, but he brought the game-winning touchdown to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And then now all of a sudden, everybody's turning on Zach Ertz because he's not proven his worth. And now's the time to step up. If the Eagles were going to invest that much money into both Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard down the road and keep both of them, they would both need to be playing at like a Pro Bowl level, level and show that they're going to take up all the money on the offense. They're going to sacrifice money from the offensive line, wide receivers, running back, whatever it is. But Goddard's hurt right now. Ertz isn't playing well. It, it's difficult to see uh, the road that they're going down. So you mentioned him as a trade piece. Do you think that's a possibility during the season, before the deadline, or in the offseason? I, I don't see – much movement from the Eagles, period. I, I think during this offseason uh, or trade deadline, I should say, primarily because there's just so many injuries right now and, and so many questions with so many rosters that I have a hard time seeing really any trades going down. So I think what you're going to see is Zach Ertz be moved, but it'll be in the offseason. And look, some argue, and, and I got some heat for it because I defended Ertz back in this past offseason. Some argued that he should have been sent to Houston in a package for DeAndre Hopkins, and I, I thought that was ridiculous. I, and now I look awful for saying <laughs> it because I would do that in a heartbeat. Right. But, yeah, I, I think you're going to see Howie Roseman shop Zach Ertz this offseason and, and maybe move up in the draft. Look, who, who knows where the Eagles are going to ultimately be whether they win the division or, or things really go sour here and they are a top 15 pick, but yeah, if Zach Ertz is, you know, part of a package, you could see the Eagles probably try to trade up. Now, are you going to get a first round pick for Zach Ertz? No, but in, in a move to move up, if you like a guy like Sean Wade or a Micah Parsons, 
he could be a piece knowing that you have a healthy Dallas Dallas Goddard for the next, hopefully five to 10 years to come. Yeah. That's something you have to obviously consider. Yeah, definitely agree. He's got some value Uh, no matter what point he might be traded as he's going to provide value to a lot of teams in the NFL. Last thing before we get out of here, if Eagles want to turn the season around. So right now, they're one, three, and one. They're looking at a top draft pick right now. Um, they're among one of the worst teams in the league. So honestly, I don't see it in Doug Peterson's, Howie Roseman's mentality to just tank and go for a top pick. I think they want to compete, especially given how abysmal the NFC East is right now. Dak Prescott goes down with a very unfortunate injury. The Eagles are now probably in the driver's seat if they step up. So if they want to turn things around, Bryce, what do you think they have to do to uh, get the season back on track? Got to handle their business in the division, first of all. And, and as silly as it sounds, because you're right, the Eagles, with Dak Prescott going down, obviously that's not the way you want to win it. But the Eagles all, but if they handle their business, they win the NFC East. Mm-hmm. I mean, no disrespect to Andy Dalton, but that team is very injured and Andy Dalton is what he is. He's a backup quarterback. So if the Eagles can just handle their business within the division, look, you have a tough game against Baltimore coming up. But if you handle, you know, your two games against the Giants, your two games against Dallas, you have one more against the Washington football team. And then you have the Saints. And I I point this game out. You have the Saints coming to Philly in December. And they have not looked very good, obviously. Drew Brees father time is upon him it, it seems like because he he has moments but he's not the consistent Drew Brees anymore and that defense really hasn't lived up to expectations so if you can steal a game against you know I doubt you're going to steal a game up in Lambeau but if you can steal a game against say the Saints mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden you're at seven wins <laughs> that might be enough to do it yeah yeah, it, it's crazy how um, how bad the division is right now. Seven wins honestly might do it as opposed to, what, nine last last season? Eagles won with nine, so nine. going down. Nine was even bad uh, to win a division with. But I think, obviously, you got to get a little bit healthier. They got some players coming back from injury soon. Hopefully, Will, Will Parks, the receivers, and Jeffrey and Jackson. Um, Vinny Curry, hopefully, he'll be back to improve the defensive line. Also, like we mentioned before, Switch up the linebacker group. I think the quicker they do this, the better off they're going to be. Give Bradley and Taylor some experience. Get Singleton into the game more. They might struggle at first, but I think they're going to prove themselves to try to battle out at the position and uh, really you know, prove themselves that they can play better than Nate Gary. I think the faster you make that decision, the defense is going to improve later on as we go throughout the season. So, um, again, uh, before we get out of here, any closing marks on the Eagles? Uh any final record predictions for them? Oh, record predictions. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go seven, seven, eight, and one. I think seven, seven wins will get it, get it done for the Eagles this year. Um, I, I think just simply put, Cowboys are so banged up. Losing Dak Prescott is is obviously a huge blow. Um, Washington is what they what they really are and that's a Kyle Allen led football team and the Giants seem to be absolutely abysmal I mean being up here in New York we cover them all the time and it's very well possible New York has the two worst football teams out there in the Jets and the Giants they're they're just absolutely atrocious 
Um, so this is definitely a game or a division that the Eagles can win. This is definitely if look, especially with fans coming back to a limited capacity at the link coming this weekend against the Ravens. If you can get that home playoff game, I, I always say it, no matter what the record is, coming into the link is no easy task to come out with a W. So if hey, if the Eagles can get healthy and get and get right, and I'm not pressing the panic button yet at one, three, and one, there were a lot of a lot of positives out of a loss for the first time in a long time for the Eagles against the Steelers. So if they can get something corrected with this linebacking group and, and on defense, and that offense continues to take the next step run the damn ball with Miles Sanders a little more. Um, hey, I, I haven't gone on record yet, but I, I think people could be surprised with the result this weekend against Baltimore. Yeah, awesome. I really hope they can turn it around. Now's the week to do it because if they beat the Ravens, that's going to be an all-time motivating factor for the Eagles to turn it around. So, Bryce, great stuff. Thank you for joining. Um, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media and your podcast? So, yeah, my personal Twitter account is zbrice 21 and obviously I'm associated with Made for Philly, and that is at Made for Philly. We can be found on iTunes. Our episodes drop every Friday, and we are brought to you by Last Out Media, so they are one of the big podcast productions in the city of Philadelphia, and they air our broadcast every Friday afternoon at 4.30. So you can catch us in a couple different spots. I always tell people to go to your podcast station on, on iTunes. That's the easiest way to find us, but we always post our plug on both Twitter accounts, so definitely uh, follow both of us. Awesome. Thanks again, Bryce. Um, hopefully the Eagles can grab their second win of the season against the Ravens. Again, that was Bryce Zielinski. Make sure you guys follow him on social media. He does great work for the Eagles and obviously stuff with ESPN. So a great follow and make sure you check out his content after you listen to this podcast. Football's back, people, and that means it's time to throw on your team's colors and make sure you don't fumble your grooming below the waist. Our partners at Manscaped are here to save your boys from a Brandon Graham hit so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is here with a surefire touchdown with the best tools for your grooming experience. After a tough Eagles loss like the one against the Steelers, you don't really want to worry about a lot of things. You're dreading the rest of the day. You're dragging along. The last thing you want to do is have a mistake shaving down below the waist. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Lawnmower 3.0 is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. Their Perfect Package 3.0 comes with new and improved lawnmower, waterproof cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for, for you to use when you're done quarantining or traveling to the Eagles game because fans are allowed on Sunday. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with a Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your balls sticking to your legs. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost. Get 20% off and free shipping with code PHL at manscaped.com. Take advantage of this limited-time offer for Manscaped's Pro Bowl lineup and try it for yourself. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off 
and free shipping when you code use the code PHL. This football season, audible from the ordinary, and choose Manscaped for your most important male grooming needs. All right, before we get out of here, I want to give you guys some updates on the game against the Ravens. The Eagles are set to play the Ravens at 1 o'clock on Sunday. The Eagles are uh, allowing up to 7,500 fans into the stadium. I really haven't looked into the details much, but I would imagine the first priority would be to season ticket holders and to players, friends, and family. So uh, it's going to be tough to get your hands on some tickets, but um, you know it's it's awesome that the Eagles are allowing fans. Hopefully they can be motivated more when they play on Sunday. But anyways, against the Ravens, it's going to be a really tough game because Lamar Jackson is unreal. He's a real threat at quarterback. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. Um, you know, I, I'm worried for this game because the Eagles, you know, did play well against the Steelers, but I see the Ravens as a better team. They have been struggling, but I think this is a game that the Ravens can really step up and prove that they are a threat in the NFL. Take advantage of this poor Eagles defense. So my predictions. I'm going to say that Carson Wentz continues to improve. He's going to have his first 300-yard game of the season. He's going to have less one or less interceptions, so zero to one interceptions. I think he's going to play pretty well. Um, on the other half of the football, we're going to see Lamar Jackson run for over 150 rushing yards. I think if he gets out of the pocket, there's no stopping him, especially if he gets to those linebackers. It's going to be difficult, especially if number 47 is playing uh, all game on Sunday. He played, what, 100% of snaps against the Steelers? So if Jim Schwartz can't fix that, Lamar Jackson's going to have a day against the Eagles. I think the Ravens are going to win. Score prediction, I think it's going to be pretty low scoring because uh, the Ravens' defense is solid. I think the Eagles' defense can step up at home. I think the Ravens win 23-18. to 18. Five-point game. So that's my score prediction for the Ravens-Eagles game. And going forward, uh, I'm planning on bringing a lot more content for the upcoming game. We're going to be bringing on a guest speaker um, with the Eagles to talk about the previous game like we just did with Bryce. And then we're going to bring on another guest speaker to talk about the upcoming game. And that's going to be from another team's podcast. So next week, we're going to bring on a Giants guest speaker talk about the up, the upcoming game against the Giants so hope you guys enjoy that we're going to bring a lot more content from an outsider's point of view how they view the game or the opponent's point of view I should say how they view the game hope you guys enjoy it again make sure you follow us on social media I always say it but I definitely appreciate that because that's where we post all of our updates make sure you check out Birds Banter Film Room I know it's against the 49ers game Eagles just played the Steelers but everything is still relevant these players are still playing for the Eagles we talked about a couple sacks. We talked about George Kittle completions. Break down the defense, every single nitty-gritty detail. So make sure you check it out. I definitely appreciate the support. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Again, this is the Birds Banter Podcast. can be brought to you by any single podcast platform out there. Until we meet next time, hopefully with an Eagles win, go Birds! Go Birds!